Right, and welcome to another edition of Navigating the Intentional Life. I am Justin Copeland, founder and creator of said podcast and blog, where we are working to help men lead from the front through masculine excellence for every aspect of their life, from their own personal goals to their families, to the tribe and community around them. And I want to start today's podcast off with a quote from the guest that I have on today. That quote is as such. You get one childhood. Instead of fear, stress, anxiety, shame, criticism, and abuse, give your child love, stability, and positivity. Give them your time, energy, and your heart. All universal treatments for a happy and healthy life. That quote was created from Peaceful Fathers, at Peaceful Fathers, hashtag Peaceful Fathers, by the one and only Anthony Migliorino. He is a father, a husband, a savage, a content creator, and most importantly, he is working to help men and families become peaceful parents. Anthony, good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, Justin. Good morning, brother. I am doing excellent. Thank you for having me on. I look forward to this important conversation about fatherhood. Absolutely. You know, Anthony, I I have been following you and other creators uh, in this, we'll call it industry, for over at least seven months now. And when I when I connected to your page uh, through actually Zach Small, I thought, man, this guy has got a message that I absolutely want to listen to. Because I'll tell you right now, and uh, kind of looking at some of your your story growing up as well, it's very similar to mine because I come from that generation, man, where. God bless my parents. You know, they did the the they did. I think they did a damn good job. They may argue based on where I'm at now, but I came from that generation of it was tough love. It was it was ruling with an iron fist at times. My dad worked. He worked his ass off. He came home, and if my brother and I had been jackasses that day, he took care of it. Right? He was the disciplinarian. He was the authoritarian, and we got, we got the spankings. We got the punishments that at times I thought, dude, I, I think I'd rather be in boot camp or prison. Now that said, I do not believe that, um, my parents were, were by any stretch of the imagination, bad parents. It was the ideology at the time. And we still have a lot of that going around as far as how we discipline and raise our children. And you take a totally different approach to that with peaceful fathers. Yes, I do. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, Justin. No, I just say I want to I want to get to those that are listening. There's a backdrop to this. I mean, there's there's a buildup to this. You didn't just wake up one day and go, shit, man, I need to do this different. And the path is clearly laid out for you. As any good story goes, there's some trial and error. There's experience behind that. 
So why don't you give those that are listening that may not be familiar with who you are, um, who you are and, and um, kind of where you started out in this process of helping parents understand that there is a better way to raise your children in that regard. Yeah, one, 100% there is a better way. And, you know, like you and the traditional family model, I'm a, a big supporter. I was raised in a home with my father and my mother. My dad went to work. Uh, mom stayed home. And we had a we had a good childhood. And I became a, a father at a young age. I have three children now. My daughters are 23, 20, and I have a son who's 15. So my first daughter was born when uh, a month after I turned 20. And, you know, we had a lot of support from the family. Like I said, it was traditional family and things were good. Um, But it doesn't mean that things were easy. Right. My father was a hard worker. He had a, a auto body business and he worked hard every day. I, I saw this. I saw the example. And what I started to notice as a young man, um, you know, I'm, I'm in New York and it's it's definitely a different way of life out here than most of the country. Uh, it's hustle. It's go. You know, it's it's savage. It's you have to work hard and long, uh, long hours to to be able to afford to live here. It's crazy. There's keeping up with the Joneses. There's a lot of, a lot of materialism. So, you know, you get caught in it really fast. But um, as far as, you know, what happened with me, I would say that as time went on, um, you know, I, I had my second daughter and I started to just, I guess, uh, evaluate everything more, right? So with peaceful fathers, I want parents to raise children, their children peacefully so they can think critically, right? Stop telling kids what to to think, teach them how to think. And I believe that uh, without aggression, without violence, and if we keep the family intact, if we keep the father in the home and the mother taking care of the kids, with all these elements in place, I think this will eliminate a lot of the dysfunction we see in society. Even, you know, we, we can't just bring the families back together. We have to have the standards right. of fathers raised in these homes. So I started to take note of this, right? I started to notice maybe some of the faults of my own uh, upbringing, right? That my father right. was a workaholic and he worked a lot. And, you know, I, and it wasn't to pick him apart. It was to see what he wasn't doing right. So I knew what I had to do better. Yeah. So the more men I spoke to, you know, so I'm a young, a young guy and I'm speaking to these older fathers because my kids are young and, you know, the, the dads were probably 10 years older than I was. I'm 20 years old at 30. We have kids the same age. Yeah. I, I just noticed a lot of fathers were not taking care of themselves. They, they were out of shape. They weren't happy. They were complaining about their wives. They were complaining about their kids. And I, I just thought, you know, it, well, I, I shouldn't say I just thought. This took a good 10 years. Right, right. <laughs> but I, I started to think, man, this is madness. This is insane. Why would you want this for your life? How? I'm not going to accept this, right? And even though I, I did it for a while, I got caught in it. 
I, I just started to realize that I'm, I'm not a victim, that I'm not going to stay in this place. I'm not going to be around these people. I'm not going to raise my kids the same way that they're raising their kids. Yeah. And, man, there's there's some points you made there I got to jump on. Yeah. Go ahead. First, first, I had the opportunity as a young man. I'm from Oklahoma. All right. And and around 20, I made the move out to New Brunswick, New Jersey. Okay. <laughs> I'd been to Boston shortly before that. And I thought, well, Boston is awesome. Jersey can't be that much different. I was yeah. wrong. <laughs> I was massively wrong. But you know, look, I was a I was a 30 minute T ride from the from New York City. And the point is that lifestyle is drastically different from the rest of the country. You you couldn't be more spot on with that. And the hustle and bustle is because you have to. You have to, whether it's cost of living, the sheer size of the place. The amount of people, I mean, there's a lot going on, and 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 being a kid from Oklahoma, that experience was massively eye-opening, and how the other side of you know life can be. To the other point, when it comes to you know starting out as a as a father as a young man, I think any of us that we start a new venture, whether it's it's again being a parent, I was a professional coach for ten years. You do what you have been taught, right? When you start to teach. When you start to take control over something that you've experienced yourself, you go back to what is familiar. And I think the, the kind of underlining point that you were starting to make there that I want people to grab onto is that you started to see why it needed to be different and also how you could be better. That You didn't have to do it the same way, right? Because I, 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 I felt the same. I started with my oldest. I was 25. And it, it was it was similar to how my dad raised me. But I started to think, man, I didn't like that. I remember how it made me feel. I was a, I was terrified at times as a child, as far as if I did something wrong. Again, my dad was a hardworking man like yours. He's a good man. He was doing what he knew, the best that he knew how. But you start to see, you start to evolve in that. And so for you around your second child, you said, you know what? I got to start, I got to start breaking away. I've got to start changing that mold and start looking at being able to do this differently for them, but also for myself, for my family, for those around me. When you started to do that, what, what changes did you start to almost immediately see? Oh man. Uh, So there's two answers to that. Um, the, the one answer is changes within the family, right? My immediate family with my wife and kids. So obviously with the kids, when I started to change, they enjoyed it, right? They're seeing their dad become a totally different man. No more dad voice, no more yelling. Um, you know, I, I never hit my kids, but we did punish. We did take things away. So when, when they, st- they started to see that I was improving mm-hmm. and I was actually with them every day right I wasn't I wasn't using manipulation I wasn't bribing them I was actually getting to their level and I was talking to them like I would want to be treated the same way myself and you'd be surprised man how quick things change in a child's mind right if if all they see is dad yelling screaming mom complaining 
and you just make a shift, right? It's a mindset shift that, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to change who I am. I'm going to change how I interact with my kids. I'm going to make sure that I'm giving them the best of me and it, not just what I can buy them and where, what I can do with them and what activities and, but how I speak to them, the language that I use. And this is what's going to influence them the most with who they become, how they interact with people. You know, we, we, everybody wants to change the world, but you have to start with the family first and you have to, you can't go out and, and change everybody else. You change within your home. And that's something that a father needs to do. You know, it's, it's the king eats first mentality, right? You can't take care of your family unless you're taking care of yourself. Once that's squared away, your family's going to prosper. And that's in every element, right? That's in finance, nutrition, fitness, um, healthy relationships. It, it has to be balanced across the board. We, we can't just pick and choose. And that's what, the, what a complete man is. This is what we need to achieve as, as fathers and husbands in our family. <laughs> but So the, the, the second part of that, I would say, is once I started to, to make changes, um, it wasn't accepted by the, the average man, or should I say the, the uh, mediocre, right? The, the man who seeks comfort and the man who wants to be complacent. Right. So I, I had to pull away from a lot of my old friends. Um, I actually had to pull away from some of my family, right? Because as I was improving, I was challenging people. I was questioning things. And I had a, I, I had to go at this alone for a while. You know, we all hear the, the uh, quote about the lone wolf. Yeah. Um, no man is an island. So, but, but I, I, I had to go down that path. I had to be by myself and I had to do hard work and I had to improve who I was so that when the time came, I was strong enough to, to handle anything that was thrown at me. And also what that did it allowed me to to make self-improvement and, and increase my self-knowledge. So when I was really around good men, you know, you mentioned Zach Small before. When when I was in the presence of these men, it I was we were on equal ground. You know, we were playing from the same position. We both wanted to to do good things. We wanted to see each other win. And this is how you change your circles, right? You you can't yeah. just be a part of uh, excellence. If you're not doing it yourself, you, you have to, you know, walk the walk. You know, and that's an interesting theme that is common in every single one of these men that I've, I've had the privilege of speaking with and, and starting to get into and be a part of, of this circle, this movement is that everyone experiences that time frame where they are on their own their circle changes. They have to drop away from uh, the old hat, if you will. It's in every single one of the stories <laughs> because you can't change if you're trying to hold on to what used to be. You can't fully grow if you're holding on to what was. And you're not going to be able to do that. And if you try to do it that way, there's not going to be that full commitment uh, for you to blossom in that way. And, that's something that if, if, if for those listening, you, you have to understand there's not just the sacrifice of time putting in, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, you got to grind. You got to grind the 4am club. Damn all that. 
you've got to be willing to look at yourself first and invest in yourself first. Right. Because what you're going after, Anthony, is a is 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 a bigger pandemic in our world than anything else right now. You know, I I look at data points like 43 percent of our homes are fatherless. Yeah, I would say that number is probably higher because there are plenty of homes with fathers in it that are fucking absent. Yeah, you get what I'm saying? I mean, they're absent. They're missing the boat entirely because they're holding on to old concepts. And to your point, when I started talking to people about having you on and the theme, I mean, people close to me, like you said, family, they're like, so spanking is violence. Do you you consider that violent? (laughs) And you know, one of the comments was, well, I guess it depends on where you're doing the spanking, but that's a whole different podcast. But you yeah, know, that's it's, a different guest. Yeah, it's it's just like, man, it it upset people. It upset people. Well, and it should. Yes. So w- what I always say is we need to have standards. Uh, we need to have standards that we hold to as men, as fathers. So it, as far as a father goes, you know, we tell our kids all the time, don't hit other kids, right? Don't hit anybody. Right. And, and then if they, if they disobey, we hit them. So we, we, you know, it's, it's, it's way too much hypocrisy that we, we have at the home. Um, besides you being bigger, stronger, and more intimidating, and your kid's afraid of you, um, it's, it's immoral, right? We shouldn't hit another person, any person. Right. And a lot of times we know this to be true, right? So, it, it's not just my opinion. It's not subjective, right? So it, it's the same way. And, you know, and, and this is a little extreme, but I use the analogy um, of rape, right? You would, the, the reason why rape is wrong is because the other person does not want to have sex with you right. and you force them. So we know that hitting a child is wrong because there's no child that would say, yeah, I want my dad to hit me or spank me because I misbehaved. Right. You don't have that power over them. It's their body. You don't control them. They're your kid. You're not, they're not your property. You don't tell them, um, you don't, you actually don't even tell them what to do. Your, your job is to guide them and lead them. This is what leaders do. So when we, we resort to spanking, not only is it wrong, it's, it's ineffective. It doesn't work. And it's causing damage to the relationship we have with our kid. So, and, you know, and, and the biggest thing is they don't want you to hit them. So you yeah. break that, that principle right there. How can you have a loving and open and um, kind relationship with somebody who depends on you, who needs you for survival, and you're openly hitting them and, and causing fear and making them resent you? So, you know, these are the standards we have to start changing with amongst fathers, Men need to call out other men who are hitting their kids and say, hey, man, there's better ways. You should stop. Right. I I know this is how you were raised. This isn't, you know, a a guilt trip about your parents sucked or that you sucked five years ago. It's about what can we do to get better? How can we improve? And that's the mindset. Anything in life, right, no matter what element it is that we're looking to achieve, we always have to look for improvement because we are going to make mistakes, Right. There might be a time you you're like, you know what, I'm never going to yell at my kid. And then you you lash out and that's OK. We're all human. 
But what you need to do is the same relationships you have with friends. If a friend were ever to scream and yell at you, you, you better you better believe they're going to apologize or that person's not in your life anymore. Absolutely. Same and thing with your kid. If it, you make a mistake, you apologize. It's funny the hypocrisy in that that we carry as adults to our kids, right? <clears throat> because to your point about if you did this with a friend, they're going to expect you to apologize or that friendship's probably over, right? But with your kids, it's completely acceptable because, oh, well, they're learning. It's discipline. It's tough love. And really what it is is like to your point to what you're putting out in your message it is violence it is ruling through fear it's not ruling through respect right you're not earning respect through through striking your child and not say, at all i'll say years ago i realized years ago i realized one i don't i don't buy into this this hurts me more than it hurts you bullshit if you yeah. feel that way about something, why are you doing it? It, it, it? That's stupidity. It's lazy. You use the word complacent. I use the word stupid. Because you're just not challenging yourself to think of different ways to guide your child through the mistake that you are having to correct or help them understand. But you, yeah, you, have, you have three children you you're a young man you're married in you know this time frame life is stressful so you start making these changes at the home you know i'm curious because i think people believe that if you don't spank your children that they are just off the wall they have no respect <laughs> they have no manners right you've heard it right i mean it's yeah. like if you don't spank you're a bad parent your kids are bad they're shit they're garbage and you're you're doing it wrong Yep. Let's correct that. Tell them tell them about the differences of the changes you saw on your children from that <laughs> adjustment from you not being a ruler with an iron fist. Yeah, well, absolutely listen, Justin. You know, abusers stay in power um, or the abuse continues when they're able to fool everybody. And this is generational trauma. So when the people who abused you as a child they pull the wool over your eyes and then you pull it over your own eyes. And then now you're going to do this to your kids. And I would say that there, there's a large, still a very large percentage of people, especially in the United States, parents who spank their kids, who hit their kids. There's never been a time where kids were not hit, where kids were not disciplined, where kids were not punished. And we have all these, you, you know, you see it out in the world. Now you have all these, these young adults and all these people, there's, there's addiction problems, suicide, there's hypersensitivity, emotional reaction. Everybody's a mess. Yeah. And it's because, and I'm not saying it's it's fully and entirely, you know, there's a lot of underlying things, fatherless homes, um, but the, the physical abuse and what that does to a developing child's brain does not produce good results. You know, we have a whole few generations of young boys on uh, Adderall and Ritalin medication because everybody just wants to suppress who these young young men are. Right? They don't want them to be masculine. They don't want them to, to be lively and full of fire and passion. So we got to drug them. Um, yeah. and, and this is because their brains, and, and you know, this is just, obviously I'm, I'm not a professional. This is just 
years of research and understanding the psychology and how brain develops and the negative effects of spanking and hitting kids, um, they're, they're not going to develop to function properly as young adults. If they're constantly hit, if they're, even if they're neglected and they're shamed and they're guilted their whole life from a narcissistic parent. But to, to answer your question with, with my children, um, you know, they, they're not perfect, but they are a lot different from the norm. What you see, they, they have emotional stability, right? They don't, they don't get hyper reactive and oversensitive. They're very grounded with who they are. Um, they, they like to talk, they like to communicate and they learn that from me communicating with them and their mother, right? As, as we learned and got better, instead of yelling and punishing and taking things away, we had to improve our, our speaking and our language and the way we spoke to them and communicated. Right. And that's what you see in them now, right? They're not going to have a debate with somebody (laughs) over what political policies are best or, you know, what gender should matter the most they're more focused on improving themselves because that's what they they've saw with me and my wife in the last decade plus they don't want to get tied up and waste their time on on bullshit they want to improve themselves they want to say hey how can i add value to the world right how can i be a part of the solution instead of you know and well instead of being a part of the problem but when when you're a young child and you're raised in a home of, of violence, aggression, you, this is what you're going to see in the world, right? You're going to see the world as chaotic, the world as helpless, and you're going to have that victim mentality. Yeah. And we don't want our kids to be that way. And we, we try so hard to change it, but we go about it the wrong way, right? We, like you said, the tough love thing, we punish them. Um, it, it just doesn't, it, it's not the way to get results and as again as men we should be doing things that are effective we should be doing things that are bringing real results to our lives you know if we say we want to become a millionaire nobody's going to listen to us until we start making millions right if we say we want to raise our kids properly nobody's going to listen to us until they start seeing the examples of our kids and that doesn't just mean success i'm speaking about character Right. Like my, my children, I care more about who they are, and how they treat other people, how they treat themselves than how much money they're going to make or how successful they're going to be. I don't focus on academics and grades. I want my kids to enjoy their life and, and enjoy what they're building and who they become. Yeah. And man, I got to tell you, <clears throat> I like what you said, because it's something that I have thought hard about over the course of you know my oldest son is 14 my youngest son is nine and there's not just the you know the spanking that's that that form of of violence that you are introducing into their world that they're not welcoming but you also touch on the point on how we communicate with them yes we're going to lose our shit sometimes because sometimes especially as a boy dad you go how in the hell did you get from a to b in that thought process (laughs) right like we're just dumb sometimes, you know, but the biggest moment for me was I'm talking to my son. He's having my oldest son. He's having a hard time school. You know, he's having a difficult time. 
And so he's acting out a bit. And we got to talking because I believe in being transparent with them and doing my best to speak to them openly about the world that's around them to include the world that I'm putting them in. And he said, you know that, honestly, when you get onto me certain ways, it makes me feel like I don't matter. And he said, it's not just you. It's mom as well sometimes. And that was a couple of years ago. I thought, well, what am I saying? How am I saying it? They would possibly make him feel that way because at no point was that the hope and the message that I was trying to get to him. Right? Yeah. And I started yeah, to think about it. Like, that, all right. How did that open your eyes? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, all right, well, here's the thing. If someone spoke to me in the manner that maybe my dad did at times the way, you know, I've disciplined my children. If it was reversed and that was someone doing that to me right now, what the hell would I think of it? How would I respond to it? Would it, would it push me to be better or to want me to push that person away? Well, it's probably the latter. Yeah. And it would make you question your own self-worth, right? Yeah. If, if my dad thinks of me like this, then how, you know, how shitty must I really be? How lazy must I be? How, how stupid must I be? Right. If this and is I, what dad's conveying. And I love the fact that you're talking about, you know, look, my my goal is to show them how to find and establish a fulfilled life, one that they can be proud of, one that they can enjoy. Because when I when I talk to my sons, you know, the first thing that we talk about is the difference between being liked and being respected. And we always want to go with the latter. Yes, you want to have friends. Yes, you want to have, you know, those those relationships. But let's do it from the point of it's because you've established a line of respect first. Let's make that deposit and invest into yourself first in that manner. But if I'm over here tearing them down because life is hard sometimes as a parent, how am I teaching them to respect themselves if I'm not respecting them? Exactly. Well, that's right? with children, you have to teach respect. With other adults, you have to earn it. 100%. And I think in so many things, that's that's what men nowadays, I, I almost did air quotes, but nobody can see it. <laughs> <laughs> what men miss nowadays. And it comes to a quote that you said to me in that email that you sent me. And you said, these men were unhappy because they didn't take care of themselves and were dealing instead with the unresolved pain of their childhood. <clears throat> I read yeah. that line over probably 15 times, man. <laughs> I'm not kidding because I, I, that hit me and I started thinking about it in that. What was it that I'm now carrying over? What baggage am I handing off to my children, right? Because my job isn't to make them little mini me's. I don't want them to be. I want them to be first off them, but I want them to be the best version of themselves. And that's my job to equip them with that. And last point, you have two girls. Yes. You said two girls. Yeah, correct. So you're the role model for the guy that inevitably they're going to be, marrying down the road are you with me on that 
A hundred percent. So and that's a, that's a difficult task right now. Yeah, I can only imagine. It's it's something where you look at that and you go, if I'm abusive to them, there's two routes they're going to take. One, they're going to go, hell no, I will never be with something like that. And as soon as I see it, I'm out. Ideally, right? Or the worst is going to happen. And they're going to go, this is what I'm used to. This is what a man looks like. This is what I'm going to be with. Yeah. That's scary. It, it's, you know what? It is scary, but it, it's not when you know that you are on your path. So I don't, I don't really worry or have fear of, of what my daughters are going to do, uh, who they're going to, you know, have a relationship with. Cause I know that I have these principles that I teach them. Right. I, I, you know, it, it, going back to the, the unhealed trauma, <clears throat> one huge thing that destroys um, the relationship with the with your children is codependency. It's when you you're not taking care of yourself and you feel like you have to control every aspect of your kid. Um, and it, you you know, you, you, that's when you get these weak fathers, you get these weak men who are not doing anything good for them because they're just passing down what their mother did to them. Or and, and even their father. So once we can show our kids, hey, it's, you know what? It's it's okay to be selfish. It's okay to take the time to build what you have to build and take care of yourself and not always worry about everybody else. You know, because it's it's the the uh, other side of the same coin, right? You you have parents who are abusive and and shameful, and then you have the participation trophy parents mm. who, you know, they they don't give their kids any time and commitment and they just tell them they're great for being who they are. Right? You have one side who's beating them down and the other side who's pumping them up. We need that balance. We need to show our kids what healthy relationships look like. And that comes from us, right? So that comes from us not manipulating them, not telling them, oh, if you do this for me, you know, I'll give you $20. Or we don't want to bribe them. We don't want to condition them to be people pleasers. We want to condition them. Well, we, we want them. We don't want to condition them at all. We want them to become people who accept who they are, who want to build who they are. And that is the example we set, period. Right. We, we don't try to shape and mold them to what we want. We just show them how great it is to be who we are. And that's the example. Right. We don't know who they're going to become. We don't know how great they're going to be. But if we try to direct it and control it, they're going to suffer. They're never going to know. They're never going to tap into that authenticity of, of who they really are and what they're really passionate about. And, you know, we, as men, we, we all have roadblocks. We all have obstacles that we've got to push past. And if we don't do that ourselves, you better believe that your kids are going to have the same problems, right? They're going to have the same, the same issues of saying, hey, you know, why do I not feel good enough? Why do, why do I have to hang around people who are not good for me? Why do I have to get in a relationship with a man who's abusing me? Or why do I have to get in a relationship with a woman who physically hits me? Right? These are not what we want to show our kids. We want to make sure they're very much aware that this is not what they want. And the only way that they're going to know what's right is by the examples <laughs> we've set in our home and every interaction we have with them. You know, it's in your thing and ask you this question. Do you do you allow your kids to see you fail? 
whether it's in a business, whether it's, you know, something that you put yourself into, but do you allow your kids to see not only the wins, but the losses? Yeah, of course, of course you have to, right? right? This is, this is how they're going to learn how to be resilient and, and overcome obstacles. You know, I've, I've, um, I've, I've been through some shit. I've, I've made a lot of uh, changes in my life recently. You know, I've had, um, a business. I've, I've had a failed partnership with a, in my business. Um, I've had fires at my business. I've, you know, we've, we've all had obstacles in our life, but the, the key thing is, is you don't give up, right? The mistakes right. don't define who you are. And I think that's what a lot of parents miss right now, especially fathers. So when your kid makes a mistake, let's say your kid does bad on a report card and you pound it into him that this is unacceptable. You're not going to be able to play video games for a month, right? You need to get your grades up. What we're doing is conditioning our children to think badly of themselves. Right. They, they don't have the understanding or the capability to take themselves out of that equation and say, you know what? I fucked up and dad's not mad at me and I'm not a bad person. I just need to improve. That's not what they see. What they see is I let dad down, right? I'm, I'm a disappointment. I'm a failure. And because I felt so bad, I have to be punished. This is what we're showing them. Right. And again, going back to the principles, you would never allow it. Imagine allowing your wife to do that to you. Imagine if you, you cut the grass one morning and you, you cut it too short. And she was like, you know what? No sex for you for a month. Right? You're out. <laughs> you would be like, what are you, crazy lady? You can't control me like that. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. But where do you think this conditioning comes from where most men allow right. women to control them like that we're we're raising these you know so-called nice guys by the mistreatment that we give them in childhood and then we the, and and the kicker is when they grow up we all we do is complain that oh you know these young men these days are, are pussies they're weak they're you know they have no ambition they have no drive yeah well where guess that start <laughs> guess where it's coming from dude <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's extremely interesting, these points you hit on, because yeah, my my oldest is is doing summer school right now. In 15 minutes, he's going to be on a Zoom meeting all day, 8 to 2, <laughs> yeah. because he did not pass his language arts class. <laughs> he's smart. He's probably smarter than me now at 14. Yeah, I can relate. <laughs> and, you know, it's like when I when we were having the struggle with with some of this, it's not because of the material. I say that. Let me backtrack. It's probably because the material is a little boring for him because he's ahead of it. Exactly. He's not being challenged enough. But the problem is there's policies in place. You got to have a certain grade point average to move into a higher class, but everybody knows it. All the teachers notice and recognize that he's a competitive athlete playing in recreational. Yeah. To, to use that analogy as far as his education goes. So he's got to sit back and, and be bored with this. And then they wonder why he's not performing. And so the conversation, the point I'm trying to make is to your point, how I disciplined that action was simple in the, the conversation that we had is, look, you are an unbelievably intelligent kid. But 
intelligence only goes so far if you're not going to put the work behind it. And you've still got to flex that muscle just like it's a bicep in the gym. So put the work in, right? I'll help you. Let's lay out a game plan. What do we need to do to make sure you're getting these assignments turned in? So instead of looking at a problem and only throwing fuel on it, right? Only throwing fuel on the fire. We come in and we find a res- you know, a solution to the problem. Solution, absolutely. And that's and and and, and look, it's. <clears throat> but Justin, not to to take any credit away from you, I think that was a great example. But that's your job, brother. Mm-hmm. You're the father. A hundred percent. That's what yep. I was going to say. I didn't just say anything profound. Nothing that I just said was, I don't want to say reinventing the wheel, but <laughs> it's it should be expected and it's not, right? So many people miss it. And I think it's great when you use the example by your wife in the yard because adults, we don't look at it that way. Or too many of us don't, right? We don't look yeah. at that adjustment being, are you bringing the solution or are you only a bigger part of the problem? And that's why I ask about, do you let your kids see you fail? Because when we talk about this, everybody gets a, a trophy, participation awards. I can't stand it. I am absolutely <laughs> 100% against it. Because what are, you, what, are you, what are you promoting in that, man? Not to go down that rabbit hole, but yeah. what are you promoting? I can work my ass off. And Joe Bob over here, who has not shown up, but maybe 25% of the time, still gets the same reward? Really? Yeah. Because what? Well, like I said, it's mentally? just bad parenting all around. <laughs> right. It's not parenting. No. You know, it, it's the same thing as spoiling your kids with um, luxury and, and, and materialism because you're not around. Right? You're, you're filling voids. You're, you're telling your kid that they get a trophy and, you know, society's doing this now. Because there's there's no work on the back end that was put in. So right. when you have a whole bunch of incompetent young people growing up because the parents, you know, the parents were both working two jobs. The kid was in daycare, whatever the American dream is now, right? Whatever lies society's believing, um, you know, it's, it's the same thing what you see with all these stimulus checks going out. Nobody wants to work anymore. And they're making men weak. They're making everybody compliant, you know, complacent. Um, but to go back to what you were saying about failure, letting your kids see you fail. Um, the, the great thing about life, it has consequences mm-hmm. and they're, they're going to be naturally there and they're going to hit you hard sometimes. What I, what I tell parents is you don't need to be the overlord of your children, the ruler, right? You don't need to impose negative consequences on them when they fuck up. There's always going to be checks and balances. This is nature, right? This is how the world works. So like you said before, when, when they do mess up and they, they have to, they miss an assignment or they, you know, hurt one of their friends, we, they don't need us to bring the hammer down. They don't need right. to make, you know, us to make them feel worse and tell them how bad they did. They need us to be supportive and say, hey, I'm going to work with you on this, right? We're going we're gonna to use cooperation in our family and I'm going to help you. And not that your actions were good, but they, we need to improve. And those are, you know, that's taking away us using our power over them and making them feel like shit and making them feel like bad people. But that's not going to make them weak, right? That's not going to make the participation trophy kids. That's going to make them start to take responsibility for their actions instead of the parents imposing on them or the parents 
ignoring them. Now they're going to have direction. So you're going to eliminate those participation trophies and you're going to elim- eliminate maybe that those, you know, anarchy Antifa type people who are <laughs> super yeah. emotional and overreactive. Yeah. You can find that balance of, of what good looks like, what right looks like. And that's, you know, to me, that's always been the way. It's always, well, not always, but for a long time now, it, it's it's how I decided I wanted to parent my kids. I, I want to show them that the world is good. <clears throat> you have to put in the work. You have to be willing to sacrifice. Sometimes you might get your ass kicked, but you got to take a step back and two steps forward. And it's a mindset. And if dad doesn't have it, guess what? The whole family suffers. That's right. And I want to jump in on that because for those parents, you know, that are, that are listening to this, that are losing their shit right now, because we're talking about not spanking your kids, shut the hell up and think, (laughs) think, think about what actually takes place when you sit down with your child and say, yeah, you screwed up. You know it. I I mean, you, you do your job. They're going to know right and wrong. Right. But you say, okay, you screwed up. Life is going to hand you the consequences for that screw up one way or the other. What do we need to do to get better? So when you think about that now, what mentality are you teaching them? We talk about failure, right? We ask about failure and that's a perfect segue into I failed dad. Now, how do I get up? I fell. It hurts. How do I get up? And that concept of what you're teaching through peaceful fathers and what you were saying for those parents that I just told to shut up and think is listen to this. You are teaching your child how to get up when they are adults because it will come. You are starting that process in their minds. And to your point, that self-belief that, hey, I, you know, first off with sons, you know, they're going to constantly be questioning and breaking themselves against me. Am I good enough? Do I, can I hack it? Right. As guys, we look for that from our fathers. Yeah. We look for that. We need it. We need it from our fathers. And, and I get that. That was the first message I started reading when I started to um, shift in my life eight months ago from the book, uh, wild at heart. And I think every parent should read that, but that mindset is that you're teaching your kid how to rise when they fall. So I wanted to hit on that because I think there's also a good thing you said about, you know, look, you can, you can be in the home, but if you're absent, you are not present. You're a parent that's giving presence. You're not doing your job. And I wanted to touch on something that you posted on your Instagram. You can find Anthony at Peaceful Fathers all put together on Instagram. But this post says as such, the father absence crisis. In father absence homes, there's two times likelihood for obesity, two times likely for high school dropouts, two times likely for infant mortality, four times for poverty, seven times teen pregnancy. That's scary it's one in four kids live without their father and we kind of touched earlier in the podcast that it's 43 percent of homes that are fatherless in the united states 
in our back yep. in our backyard, man. So that's probably higher. <laughs> it's probably higher. I have a feeling that that's definitely higher because, like I said before, I think you have to include these absent fathers that are actually still living in the same residence as their children. <sighs> that hits me hard. Yeah, hits that me was, hard. Uh... Oh, go ahead, Justin. I was just saying that hits me hard, and and it it kind of is the segue that I want to make into you know, you, you started to, and I hate to just gloss over how, how much you had to start to change and, and the relationships that change. And I like I like the fact that we're able to talk about how it's, how the, the, the errors that you were correcting in yourself, the sights that you were seeing within yourself that you needed to be better for your family. I liked that that message is there. Cause I know there's a bunch there, but we start to get the shift and, and, in that time frame, where do you start to get the balls to start running peaceful fathers and putting that message out? I want to know <laughs> that process because it's, it's, it's ballsy, dude. I got to tell you, yeah. I believe that I think you're a ballsy dude and I like it. Thank you. Um, hey, it, it's, you know what it is. It's a, a lot of it has to do with that hard New York shell. Right. <laughs> yeah. I just don't give a fuck what people think. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's a business thing, being in business, dealing with customers. Uh, but it, it's also, you know, it, it's once you build yourself up, right? Once you're actually doing the work in real life and becoming stronger and you're actually reading parenting books and reading books on psychology, you can have really good arguments, right? You can, you can have a, a strong foundation of what your values and principles are. Most men don't have that. So anybody who pushes back at me, you know, I'm, I'm not confrontational. I'm like, hey, man, I, I want to, you know, I'm here to help. I want to, I want your kids to, to have a great life because, you know, they might be playing on a playground with my kids. I want, you know, I want to spread a message of, of peace and I'm not going to use force to do it, right? I'm not going to go against my own message. Um, but, you know, during the process, there's, you know, there were times where my wife was pushing back at me. And she was like, you know, you've changed. What are you doing? I don't like this new you. And I was just like, you know what, babe? Don't worry. It's going to be okay. You got to trust me. And she didn't trust me. But <laughs> over time, what happened is she, she saw the man I was becoming. She she saw that my, my demeanor changed. My values changed. Um, I was more patient. I was understanding. I was listening intentionally. Right. I, the conversations were getting better. They were getting deeper. Um, and in time, she follow my lead. She started to say, hey, you know what? This this is this is what a family should look like. Right. And I didn't know exactly how it was going to turn out. I was just said, I have to go down this path. I have to do this. Right. What? Why is why are no why are no men willing to fucking die? to have a good family anymore. And I, you know, I don't mean that literally. No, but, but it, yeah. Kill your old self and be reborn and, and, and create a family that you want, not one from the past that's holding you back. How come no men are willing to do this? Why are they so afraid? And then, then that's, you know, the, the big part of it is, is fear, right? We hold on to old tradition because of fear. The fear controls us. So instead of, uh, teaching our kids to push past fear, we say, hey, you know what? I had a shitty childhood or I might have been fucked up from my childhood and I don't want to face that. So I'm going to dump it on you, kid. And 
that's to me that's evil you know that that is you want to talk about lazy parenting and harmful parenting and that's just torturing your kid because you're not mad enough you're not man enough to face the shit that you went through in childhood right um but i don't know if i answered your question i went a little bit on a, a rant there no no that i thought that was 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 well said and i you know i'm going to piggyback on that um from the author john eldridge i mentioned wild at heart <clears throat> What you're getting at there as far as killing your old self, it, it ties into a message that he, he speaks on called sins of the father and then also wounds of the father. And what that message is simple, like you just stated, the things that you're carrying, you put that on your child. Now they're carrying it too. And it's irreversible. You can't yeah. take that away. And man, I'll tell you right now, when I start to think about, you know, maybe some of the mistakes I've made or, or start to dissect myself as a father to my boys, it can become emotional very quickly because in my mind, it's the same thing that you were talking about is I have to kill the old self. And I thought, Hey, well, I wasn't that bad. I was doing a damn good job. I'm a single father. Two boys are with me all the time. It's not that bad. I get, I get some praise sometimes and that, that feels all cute, but it still has to be better. And the other side of that I wanted to point out something you said is, you know, you, you said even your wife was like, Anthony, what, uh, what the hell are you doing? What's happening? He said, no, 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 trust me. Got to give credit where credit's due. That's a strong woman to stand there and say, you know what? I believe in you. We'll see yeah. how this goes. I'm here for you. <laughs> we've, we've, been, we've been together for a long time. But man, that she knows I'm crazy. Right. <laughs> well, look, that happens because you're a man leading from the front. Yeah. 100%. You're stepping up and saying, Hey, this is my job. Right. I get in society today. It's all, you know, women power, this woman power, this and the feminism and, you know, toxic masculinity and fuck all that. Because, well, you want to know what's even on a, on the full evil spectrum. You have women who will degrade their husbands and say, you're not a man. You need to discipline that kid. Mm. And they'll encourage the father to go and physically abuse the kid. Right. Because yeah. they're, they're using their power right over their husband to, to pro, you know, to, to torment their own children because they don't have the balls to do it. Obviously. Right. right. Figuratively and literally. And they emasculate. Look, I, you know, I'll tell you right now, you, maybe been there i have been there you know when i said no i'm not i'm not going to spank my boys you know uh, what, yeah. what are you what are you doing well come on like that's that's soft you're being soft as a guy yeah. you know most guys don't want to be called soft for a lot of different reasons right like you know, that's just not a, that's not a title you want well that's the difference of of the um, evolution process right of how we evolve and become better men you know, when I was younger, if I was with my wife and she was like, oh, that guy's looking at me, I would, you know, go flying elbow off the top rope at the guy. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm now I'm like, yeah, so what? Good. Like she's, you know, yeah, you could check out my wife. She's with me, dude. Thanks yeah, for thanks. the compliment. Thanks, bro. <laughs> well, and it's and it's funny because it is it is an evolution. Right. And, and all of what we're talking about right now, for those listening, if you're not catching on, understand that that there is a theme in a lot of what we're talking about. That this is evolution. It's not something that just happened overnight. It's not something that is perfect now. 
It's a constant work in process. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And it, and it never ends, right? Until you're in the ground. Yeah, your father, you're, until you're dead. Until you're done breathing, this will be your responsibility. And, you know, I, I look at the, the, the content that you put out with peaceful, peaceful fathers, you know, I try to my best to, to, to blast this ideology across the board as much as I can. Um, because, you know, you have, you have hit a, a cord and a nerve with people that 100% needs to be struck. And no pun intended in that based on what we're talking about, but yeah. you know, it's, it's something where we look at, you know, parenting and, and go as a man, you should constantly be changing and adapting and looking for ways to better yourself for your family, for your children, for your business, whatever it may be, the tribe that is around you as a parent, we should be looking as a man, we should be looking for those things that we need to, to do. And that all ties into your point of, these concepts were an evolution over time for you. They're continuing to be. And you know, the point I wanted to, to get into Anthony is, is about what time frame did you start peaceful fathers? What was that process like when you started telling people and started doing it, you know, kind of that put up and shut up, but started doing it and putting out the content Tell us a little bit about the beginnings of, of that actual process and how you got there. Yeah. Um, so at first, uh, as you can imagine, you know, a lot of it wasn't really perceived too well. People didn't, for some odd reason, which we alluded to earlier, right? People don't want to know how we can raise our kids better. Right. It's, it strikes a chord. It really does. Um, you know, it, when I first started writing, um, you know, I'm a, I was, uh, <laughs> I was a hor- horrible writer. I, I didn't read a book till I was 30, I'm 43 now. Um, but you know, in, in that time I've, I've read many books now, you know, I, I can't stop reading. I can't stop absorbing information. Um, and it's, it's weird when you go down a path and, Everybody else is doing the opposite. It's, it's mm-hmm. very, it's a strange feeling. You know, here I am talking about how to be a better man. You know, how, um, how can I improve my relationship with my wife? How can I get physically fit? How can I raise my kids better? And I see all these other men and, and parents, but, you know, they're, they're more focused about what fantasy football player they're going to get on their draft team. And they'll spend hours researching what TV to buy. And then mothers will spend hours online researching what car seat is the safest and the best. And it's, it's all this wasted time where you're not really improving anything. There's nothing really changing in life. You know, it's all minor stuff. And I, I, saw, I saw this more and more often. And, you know, my thing is we need to keep having important conversations it's the only way that things are going to change, right? We, we can't force people to peaceful parent, <laughs> obviously. Okay. It goes against the whole concept, the whole, the whole principle. Um, what we need to do, 
And I think what we're starting to see, you know, at, at first when I started this, people were pushing back against it, right? I was spanked and I turned out fine. And you can't let the kids run the house. And they, they have all these misconceptions, but it's, it's just all based on fear that was instilled in them during their childhood. So they, they'd never grown out of it. They're really just immature adults who are holding on to the past instead of saying, you know, it's like when you're poor. If, if you never learn about money and you just say, hey, I'm going to be poor my whole life, then fuck you. You're poor. Right. right? Why don't you why don't you grab the bull by the horns and, and go out and conquer life and, and make money and stop being stupid? <laughs> right. Um, you know, but. I think, you know, and, you know, it's I think what we're going to see and in this dynamic, and this is what I hope right? this is what I'm pushing for with with peaceful fathers is that other men will, will start to see, hey, you know what? These guys who are doing this, these guys, they got it right, right? They're cool. Well, not even cool. They're, they're, right. <laughs> they're committed. <laughs> right. We don't, don't want to be cool, but no. they're committed. And look how well adjusted their kids are. Their kids aren't joining the, the protests. Their kids are, aren't, you know, just heavily medicated and sedated. And th- their kids are enjoying life. Their kids are building families. They're finding good relationships. They're growing a legacy. And that's cool. I want my kids to be like that. So it's, I, I see it as something that when it will evolve, we're going to be making fatherhood masculine again, right? We're going to be making these systems where men want to be good dads. They want to have strong families. Like when did this become a bad thing? And, and we right. need to bring it back to being one of virtue and honor and respect. Yeah. And I got to tell you, that's, you know, when I started diving into this, it was amazing to see the the mindsets and the different approaches that that everybody in this this industry and this movement and this mission is is working towards. I mean, there's there's different avenues, but the message is the same in that it is about men being masculine and what it means to be a masculine male. And, and how that is a positive for your family, whether you have boys, whether you have girls, what it does for your relationship between you and your spouse. Because I don't care what is popular right now. You ask most women. And they are going to say that they want a guy. That is going to be able to protect that is going to be able to take charge. That is an emotionally secure and strong man, which means, look, not only are you able to handle things and carry that on your shoulders, but you also know when and how to talk about it. Whether it's good, yeah. bad and different. Right. And these Emotional are things that, intelligence. Right. And these are things that are not being promoted. It's OK to dress like a girl. If you're a guy, it's OK to carry a handbag if you are a guy. You don't need to say, hey, you know, I'm a guy, I'm binary. These things, these are these are very concerning times when it comes to what society is trying to do to the male. My sons, I want them to be able to think for themselves. I think that's the biggest thing or one of the biggest things that I want to be able to push for them. And I caveat that with even if it at times disagrees with what I think, 
it's going to happen. Just get ready. It's going to happen. We are going to disagree. It's part of it. But I want you to know that you, you can create. I don't want you to think that for you to be successful, you have to go to college. Yeah. You can go to a trade school. You may not have to go to a school at all because at 16, we're going to start you an LLC, little buddy. Whether it's mowing <laughs> yards, cleaning pools, whatever. But you're going to run your own business. Shaved eye stand, don't care. We're going that route. Yep. <laughs> well, I don't there, want there, you to depend on shit. Right? There are, yeah, there are. There's always traditional masculine values. I think what we need to understand is what that looks like in society changes. So, right. you know, if you went back 100 years ago, your great grandfather was telling your father, you can't go work to be a car mechanic. You got to get your ass on the farm. Right. Well, you know what? He's going to go be working a factory or be a mechanic and he's going to make a shit ton more money than farming. Same thing with, you know, our fathers might have been like, hey, you guys need to go to college. Right. You don't want to do this job. But so be it. There's always going to be different avenues. But what matters most is what what we allow our kids to choose where they need to go. And it's not directed by our own fears and insecurities where we might have failed. Or we, and that, you know, that brings it back to just men becoming better men. Um, I do think that here's the deception. And this is something that I, I keep trying to figure out the best way to express it and, and um, bring it to the table. But we, we had, if you go back a couple of generations, you had very strong men. You know, you have these men who say, you know, in my time, I used to walk to school in the snow with no shoes. We all hear this. Right, right. <clears throat> and I, I think what happened is those men were led to believe that masculinity, masculinity was only about strength and power, right? What you can endure, how hard you had it. And then we went from that extreme to, you know, um, a generation or two where like, oh, you have to go to school and you have to be really smart and and of course, that's part of masculinity, having intelligence and, and having emotional balance. Um, but I, I think somewhere along the line, now I want to make sure that we don't go back to just telling young boys they need to be strong. I want to go back and telling them they need to they need to be complete, right? They need to have the emotional intelligence. They need to have superiority in intellect. And they have to have a physical body and a mind of grit and determination. Right. We, we can't go backwards. We have to keep going forward. So we have to grab the bits and pieces from history that is going to make a more complete man. Um, and, and that's what I want for my son. He's 15 now. You know, he doesn't have to have bigger biceps than me. He doesn't have to make more money than me. But I want him to get all the areas of his life dialed in better than I did. Yeah. Right. I, I want him to be complete. I want him to be successful at um every every part of what it means to be a man not just certain aspects you know and that's where and i don't remember where i saw the the quote or the the kind of tag or whatever it was but you know it said um presence as in being there is greater than presence as far as gifts and for me i took that a step further months and months ago you know my oldest is 14 he just turned 14 this month <clears throat> and i myself have been in the gym because you know again between all of us you know and, and the guys that i see we are uh not about the dad bods right so <laughs> so um <laughs> i want my spouse to have the boobs not me uh so yes. you know, i i take i take time in the gym 
got a long way to go. It's a, it's always, it's always a work in progress. But what I realized was my son had started to see it and he himself started to get into it. And as soon as I could, man, I got him a, a membership at the gym that I go to. We unfortunately do not have the at home gym yet. Again, work in progress. But I thought, why am I going to go and not include him? Why, why, why would I do this and not? Why, why am I actually not including him and including them to include my nine-year-old to an extent in most of what I do? I mean, if it's, if it's good things, if it's values that I feel like I need them to see, what's the best way to learn anything by doing it. So the fulfillment that I found in that, of having my oldest son with me at the gym, one, the looks that we get, you know, from other, from other dads or other, other parents that are in the gym, it is a sense of pride for me of going, yeah, we do things differently over here. We've got this relationship. We've established this, right? And it's that simple of just inclusion and having that conversation. Because honestly, too, I look at it from a parental standpoint and go, well, look, maybe if he gets into working out, he's not going to get into drugs and alcohol. <laughs> you know, because he's, he's right around that corner, if not already there, of that temptation that his yeah. peers are going to start <laughs> placing on him. So, you know, well, I, I would me, say that the for that would be, once he hits the gym, he's going to start to feel good about himself. So he's not going to yeah. need the drugs and alcohol to fill any voids. It's not going to take control of him, right? He's he's going to be on path where he says, you know what? Dad takes care of himself. I'm taking care of myself. This feels good. So he's, he's not going to need that that um, dopamine hit from acceptance of friends and, the, you know, the alcohol, the drugs. And right. I'm the same way. Well, I, all my, my whole family goes to the gym. We all belong to the same gym. Sometimes we go together. Sometimes we don't. Um, but I, I think what's important, like with my son, I don't push it on him. Right. I, I same thing with you. I, I say, hey, I'm going to the gym. Do you want to come? He might have plans, right? He might be going out with his friends, his girlfriend, whatever. But I always keep the door open, right? I don't force anything on him. And I think a lot of times when parents force their kids to do something, you know, for their own good, I'm doing this for your own good. Right. It backfires. Because there's there's no there's no example that you're setting. You're saying, hey, this is really good for you, and I you know I need you to do it because I want you to do it. That's not motivating them. Um, you know what what happens is my son, I'll, I'll see him and I'll flex in front of him. And I'm like, dude, you want biceps like this? You better wake up. You better get your butt to the gym with me. Yeah. And those are the conversations we have. And it's it's not saying, oh, you're wimpy, you're weak, and like, no, come on, we got, we need to take care of ourselves. That's what we do in this family. Right. And that's, you know, that's the message, with, what you were just saying with your, you know, your son. It's important um, to, to be intentional with how good you want to live your life, to show those examples to your kids. And my big thing is to not use force, right? To not, you can't force anybody to be good. You can't force anybody to be strong. Right. So let's stop doing it to our kids. Yeah, you know, it's. Yeah, that's that's the thing again, kind of going through this that, that hit me when I started reading through your content is that so many of these these examples, these points that we're that we're making now in this podcast is things that we wouldn't do to another adult, but we're doing it to our kids. We're viewing it, you know, with our kids in a completely different through a completely different lens. And 
your your point to trying to force them to do something that maybe they don't want to do because it's in their own you know, for their own better good. We wouldn't do that to an adult, you know, not going to do you should not be doing that to your children, because, again, it takes away from that, you know, that give respect, earn respect, teach respect. Right. It, it's taking away from that value. And I think that's something that through your message across the board, God, it, it's just it's just so I see it with my sons every day. And and again, we talk a lot about our, our you know, I talk I've got two boys, so I talk about raising two boys. But this is a value that goes across for, for all, you know, for both genders, as far as how you're working with your children and, and guiding them to their successes in their lives. So well, by both I, genders, you mean boy and girl? Correct. Correct. I'm glad you, <laughs> I'm glad you stepped in on that because I don't want there to be any questions. I believe <laughs> there's more than just boy and girl. <laughs> Dude, good save. But... <laughs> Man, I got to tell you, I, I look at what you're doing, you know, uh, for those out there, um, Anthony, just this last year, right? You were out at the Conference of Masculine, Masculine Excellence, correct? Yes, sir. Tell me a little bit about that. And this may be just honestly for my own interest because I want to be there next year. Uh, <laughs> but tell me a little bit about that, man, because this, is, this goes to you're not just putting content in the social media, you know, you are living, breathing, walking this, and you are, are providing that message to anyone and everyone that will listen. So tell me a little bit about the CME. Yeah, the CME was excellent. It, uh, it was a great event. The caliber of, of men there, speakers, was amazing, you know, to meet all these guys. Um, we had Zach Small was there, Phil Foster, uh, you know, two good friends of mine. Yeah. And, you know, everybody on stage just crushed it. It, it. The message was all about improving masculinity, helping men. There were guys from all different walks of life. And the, the one common theme was, is how could we be better men? Right. Um, you know, I, I spoke Sunday morning and my, my, obviously my presentation was on fatherhood. I addressed the uh, fatherhood crisis with uh, absent homes of, of fathers. I spoke about corporal punishment and spanking. And, you know, it, we had a good um, good reception of, of the message, right? The, the men were interested. They wanted to know how to become better fathers. We had a lot of questions on a Q&A. It was good. It was, it was good to know that the this message of of you know, peaceful parenting, principled parenting, and, and being a better dad is being perceived in a positive light. Right? Like fathers are really, they really want to get into it. They, they, they know that, hey, man, I want, I want to improve my family. Or if I have a family, I want to make sure I'm more prepared. So it was, it was really awesome to see that level of intensity and uh, to see my message, you know, resonate with a, a group of great men. And, uh, you know, the, the funny thing was, um, I think I spoke Sunday morning about fatherhood. And then, you know, the last speech on Sunday was from Sterling Cooper, who was a, is a porn star. Right. So it was such a crazy dynamic. Um, but his message was awesome. He was he was there to help men. Right. And, you know, it, it's it's sad how it sometimes in, in society gets perceived as a bad thing. Right. Oh, well, look at all these men getting together, bashing women and and talking shit no that's 
that's nothing what it was like. You know, I brought my wife there. She loved it. She was impressed about, you know, the, the caliber of men and the conversations. And it was a great time. It really was. Yeah, that's something that early on again, you know, I saw that and I thought, now that that's a room I want to be in, you know, because I do see uh, the necessity and, and how dire it is in a way that we're losing that quality of men or very easily could. So then to see that there's a group, a large tribe of men out there like yourself, like Sterling Cooper, like Donovan, who runs the event, you know, those guys, Phil Foster, great dude. All of them, just yeah. awesome, awesome individuals that are, you know, go back to Gandhi saying, you know, hey, be the change that you want to see, right? You're going out and you're talking to and giving examples of and sharing and being raw and, and guiding, not just your families, but now you're guiding grown ass men, right? You're teaching just through simple experience. And I think you said it early on, like, hey, I'm not, you know, I'm not a professional, but I have put in the work to, you know, I've read the books. I've looked at X, Y, and Z. I'm constantly growing. I'm constantly learning to make sure yeah, I'm that, living it. Yeah. 100% living it. And, and, and I've got room to grow. <laughs> always, always, man. Always, 100%. always, always. You know, the best piece of life advice one of <laughs> I got actually while I was in the gym from a, from a gentleman that is probably, I think he said he's 60, 61 years old. Dude is jacked. He's yoked. Cut. Yeah. Works his, works his ass off. Wears a little shorty shorts. Cause he can, you know, I'm like, shit, man, those fucking thighs are bigger around than I am. But he said, look, it never ends. You never stop. You're never there. You never cross the finish line. And he's he's talking about, you know, it's kind of in the context of the conversation about working out, right? But really, the context of the conversation is about the betterment of your life and your lifestyle. Yeah. And yeah, that one might, day you're dead. You just, keep, you just keep creating the memories, the journey, just crushing the path. Absolutely. And that's something that, you know, as men, again, you know, Anthony, I, I obviously when, when we wrap this podcast up, you know, I'm hoping that this is the first of, of quite a few uh, because there's a lot of subject matter that that love to talk to you about and the message that you have. But for time's sake, you know, I want I want you to be able to tell people, you know, give your, you know, not the tagline, but your message of, of where peaceful peaceful fathers are going. You know, maybe a little insight to what you're moving towards in the future that you're excited about. And then also, if you'll share where people can find you on the different platforms that you have put together, work hard to put out there. So I, I don't want to take that away from you. I want them to hear from you. Yeah, Justin. Uh, no, thank you for having me on. Uh, this was a, definitely an awesome conversation. Uh, right, so right now, you know, I, for years, I had an auto body shop in New York. And I just recently sold it in March. Um, I'm actually moving my family from New York to South Carolina this Saturday. That's good. right. That's right. I'm sorry. I completely <laughs> forgot about that, man. No, that, that's all right. It's all part of the journey. Yeah. So I sold my business up here. I, I can't continue to justify paying, you know, 30000 in 
taxes every year, property taxes. Sure. Um, so I sold everything. We're moving out Saturday. Um, we're going to get set up in the new home. And I, I really plan on making this, you know, my business, my, my life, uh, this peaceful father's brand <coughs> that, that I've slowly built as a side hustle. Um, I am collaborating with Zach Small. Me, we, um, we're creating a, another company. It's in the works. We're looking to, to keep bringing this fatherhood message out to the public as much as we can. And, um, you know, the, as far as peaceful fathers, everything we spoke about today, uh, becoming a better man, being intentional with how you speak to your kids, the language that you use, not forcing them to do things. You know, we, we, we see that the, the parent child dynamic um, it's, this is one where the, the parents have all the power and as strong men, we, we got to make sure that we're not abusing that power on our kids. It's, it's, it's evil. It's wrong, but it's also the easy way, right? It's so easy to dominate a child right. when you're a grown man. Um, we have relationships with our wives. We have relationships with our friends. The one thing I want to say is we, we have to remember that we choose those relationships as an adult. We, we say, hey, I like this woman. I'm going to marry her. I'm going to have a relationship. You can leave whenever you want. Nobody's forcing you to stay there. The, the woman's not dependent on you. You're not dependent on the woman. With our children, they, they're born into this world. They don't choose who their dad is. So they can't leave. They need us for survival. And if we keep abusing that power, our kids are going to keep struggling generation after generation. So we got to make sure that we understand this dynamic that our kids can't leave. They're stuck with us. They didn't choose to be here. Right. So that is the incentive that we have to work even harder than any other person in the world to make sure that we're giving that kid all the goodness in the world, all the compassion, the love, the generosity, the kindness, the respect that we can. And that's going to ultimately help us as men also, right? That's going to, that's going to make us change our perspective of, of being a victim and feeling helpless ourselves where we can start saying, Hey, you know what? This is, this is, I, I don't need any too many more purposes in life. I'm raising a human being and I'm going to take it seriously and I'm going to succeed. So that is uh, that's, that's a, a very powerful message. I want to keep putting out peaceful fathers to let dads know that this is the way. Right, we we need to keep working on this, and we need to keep building, having the conversations with other fathers. Absolutely, I'm a big supporter of the message that you have been putting out, the mission that you are on, and I want to do my part to make sure that that gets to as many people as possible. And <clears throat> that's one thing that we talk about quite a bit is. We are we are here to work together in this, right? I mean, look, you may you may have a little bit more right now than me, but I'm coming after you, right? Like, like I'm competitive. I want to I want to get out there. I want to be a CV. I want to speak on that stage. I want to do those things. But I want to see you win, even if it means you win more than I do, because that time will come. Because at the end of the day, the message is about bettering men to then better families to them better their tribe and ultimately society as a whole. And for 
for my listeners that may not be familiar with Anthony, you can find him easily on Instagram at Peaceful Fathers. And then also on Twitter, again, at Peaceful Fathers. It's Anthony Migalarino. Hope I said that correctly, Anthony. Um, Very good. Good. A kid, you know, just an Oklahoma kid. I'm just simple, man. But yeah. No, well, what you're doing is not so simple, brother. You're um, you're going after it. Yeah, I mean, again, for me, this is like you. This is this is legacy. This is what I want to be able to leave my kids. I want them to see it, right? So, look, they have they have the opportunity to choose their their own path and know that they can create, and know that it's okay to look at things differently. Right. If it's for the betterment overall, it's okay to look at things differently. You do not have to follow the herd. So that said, man, I, I have absolutely 100% enjoyed this conversation. You're a man among men. And uh, I'm excited to see where you continue to go. I'm excited to see what new business you and Zach are going to be starting because I know it's going to be solid. And uh, this, I, like I said, I hope this is the first of many to come. That said, for you out there listening, if you want to continue to hear more from people like Anthony, if you want to continue to hear the message that I am trying to trying to push, as far as men leading from the front, follow, share, subscribe. You can find navigating the intentional life on Apple and Spotify. You can find it on Google Podcasts. You can find it on Pocket Casts. You can also find me at JL Copeland82 on Instagram, Justin Copeland on Facebook, and at Justin L. Copeland on Twitter. So follow, share, subscribe. Do the same for Anthony. Because it's not about us, it's about the message. It's not about us being successful, it's about the change that we want to impact. So do us all a favor and, and follow. Anthony, sir, I appreciate your time. But I look forward to talking to you again soon. And for those of you out there, stay safe. Continue to live intentional. Take care.